0: Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 204, Episode 5 of dear Daily's Eye a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it's Friday, October 1st, 2021. Friday. So you know what that means. It's yep. National Black Dog Day. Yep. Get ready for... Your aunt To uh, text you about that If you have a black dog My name It's to help, name.
1: It, it's the help They say because Black and darker shade dogs Don't get adopted At the same rate So true? it's like To bring awareness Yeah To Come be on. like Hey man Shout out to my my black dog You know Rimby Yeah is Rimby. Not into those Around Beautiful dog Thank you Was, that,
0: was Rimby I, uh a adoptee?
1: Oh yeah Straight up Straight up out of A uh, supermarket parking lot
0: but Rimby's like a beautiful dog i'm assuming that was one you had to snap up real quick
1: yeah yeah i mean the woman had was returning her cart and wasn't looking at him so i just pulled i just snatched him up hopped in it. the cart, took off go. with him boom and it's my dog now no it was just like a pet adoption and we love i don't know he's a beautiful mutt you know what i mean so, yeah you know, yeah we got that
0: going for each other anyway shout out to all the black dogs out there my name is jack o'brien aka I did cast 500 pods and I did cast 500 more just to be the man who talks the news with miles a thousand times or more. That is courtesy of Rob Cunningham. Da 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 this aka that uh we have this is our thousandth episode i believe
1: oh my god is that a a millennium
0: that's a step into millennium that's one large as you know i like to say in in gambling circles i got five large on them assholes but yeah (laughs) shout out to us for doing a thousand Uh podcasts a shout out to rob for uh bringing the appropriate amount of enthusiasm for this milestone by just retweeting the one he already did for our 900th episode (laughs) which is exactly right because when i told miles it was our thousandth episode uh about two minutes before starting recording uh what was your answer miles i said for what it is the fuck wow wow time flies when you're having fun it does. Uh, well, I am thrilled to be joined Ten, the uh, be again. by Nine, my the co-host. The Eight, <laughs> take the head of the snake. Seven, behold, I'm again.
1: <laughs> when he says, step, I can't, I have to do that whole Method Man part. When yeah, he said, yeah. step into millennium. You do. Yeah, sorry.
0: Hey, well, I'm thrilled to be joined by oh, you, yeah. my co-host, <laughs> Mr. Miles Gray. It is an emergency. This is
1: not fine. Please, someone sing him sounds that soothe his mind. Got just the dude for this. I think he's known. Oh no, 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 as the Music Man, Music Man, putting out the fuse in Donald's dome. <laughs> and shout out to Christy Yamaguchi for that Elton John inspired, aka yes, the the Music Man who we found out from the Stephanie Grisham leaks, the person who plays Donald Trump's show tunes to avert. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, so from thank you very astute observation
0: just stroking his forehead playing playing show tunes to, yeah. to calm him down well miles we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat yeah. for the for this momentous thousandth episode by a hilarious comedian and filmmaker whose debut comedy album airports comma animals period just so you have the punctuation. Punctuation, right? Yeah. It was named one of the best stand up albums of 2021 by Pace Magazine. They called it a thought provoking, hilarious triumph. The Comedy Bureau called it a damn good debut comedy album. Mm-hmm. Very aggro from the Comedy Bureau, but uh, I've listened to it. They are right. Uh, it will make you extremely happy. Yeah. Please welcome the brilliant and talented Sean
2: Devlin. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on your thousandth episode. And you probably should have booked a more famous guest. Oh, Uh, you're not? Hey, hey, hey. we don't.
1: This is it. I mean, you got an album. I don't. This is we're reaching (laughs) the heights here, baby. Yeah. Yeah, One of
0: the best stand up albums of the year. Acclaimed album. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's very good. And uh, also your energy level is appropriate to this being our Thousandth episode, which Just we barely band. acknowledge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're thrilled to have you. Yeah, I have yeah. millennial energy. Exactly. <laughs> Where are you coming to us from? Vancouver,
2: British Columbia, Canada. Hey,
0: Miles' favorite place. My favorite place on earth. He, he'll talk a lot about how, the time he went to Italy, but the real heads know that Vancouver is Miles' favorite yeah. place.
1: They know I got a collection of Vancouver Christmas market mugs in my pantry. You know, I collect them. I'm coming through for the Christmas market downtown. Wait, yeah. so you
2: came in the winter?
1: Yeah, because look, I'm born. I'm I'm of the valley, the San Fernando Valley, just local scum. And it's just so hot all the time that I have like a very I, I fantasize about wearing jackets because I've always been like wow. barefoot on blacktop and shorts and shit my whole life. So bundling up is like it's like fucking cosplay mm. for me. And going to Vancouver at that time of year is just a it's a it's like not so cold that I can't handle it, but just enough from like respecting it.
2: That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. A lot of rain though.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The last couple of times I went, I would like my trip will coincide with the first snowfall of the winter. So, like in a way, I was like, look at look at look at us, Vancouver, look at <laughs> just us just working. We were with each made other. for each other. Yeah,
0: yeah. Rain and snow. Another thing. San Fernando Valley doesn't get a lot of. It's mostly dust. Yeah. Fire ash. (laughs) Yeah. Fire ash and dust.
1: Sean, you've you've been a filmmaker most of the time and then this is your debut album. What like it it took it was what was the road to having your debut album come out now?
2: Yeah, I guess it had a bit to do with the pandemic. Uh so yeah, things were slower with film and it felt like I was ready to to put an album out and and a, a record label off for me money to do it. That's that's the real answer. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, there you go. I was going to try to come up with something artistic, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really fucking good, man. It's so fucking
2: funny. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Well, we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today. Instacart workers are striking. Yeah. School boards are begging Joe Biden to protect them we will talk about the scourge that is facing all parents this halloween according to cops uh, which is that people who have weed gummies are just dying to give them away to children they don't know and just (laughs) make make children way more annoying we are going to talk about dog the bounty hunter i think we're gonna i believe in i believe in today's show i believe we're going to get to it all of that plenty more But first, Sean, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? I
2: Googled this morning, can a weed plant get rained on too much? Mm. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, we had a lot of rain here last night and it's my wife and I's first time growing weed outdoors and we got spooked.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just got to, you know, if you're growing them outdoors, they're. If, if they're they're meant for you know typically plants grow out so i think it's just like the mold right that you got to watch out for
2: yeah mold i, I googled it and i love the like weed growing advice is there's a fine line sometimes you're like yeah this is science and sometimes it's just stoner advice and sometimes yeah. it's both. <laughs> um <laughs> right, right. So, so the first tip was like just shake all the water off
1: shake <laughs> uh, <because>, it off <laughs> yeah just punch it off
2: So yeah, we shook it off a bit and then it said to give it potassium, which I guess means like you feed my weed plant a banana or something. I don't know how to give it potassium.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't know how to feed plants at all. Yeah. I don't
2: know know how to feed it any food. Yeah. Or it's
1: like, or like, I feel like a lot of like weed growing things will also just be like weird, hostile, like sarcasm too, where it's like, oh, I don't know. Like it's a plant, right? So you know, God forbid, water got on a thing that grows outside. You're gonna be fine, bro. <laughs>
0: Wait, <really>? Whoa, easy. <laughs> yeah, weed <laughs> yeah, weed boards are very interesting. Yeah, weed
1: boards are interesting place for information. It's just
0: like <laughs> you're an idiot for asking questions about growing weed. Is that? But then,
1: but then, like wrapping it up with, it's all good, bro. It don't worry about it. You'll right, be
0: fine. You'll be okay. Fine. Yeah. How do you dry a plant? Like, do you dry a plant? By just waiting for the sun to come out? Or is it like we, we just like putting a little towel on it and <laughs> wagging it back and forth? What, what are we doing?
2: Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do because we're not going to have sun here for several days. So we were thinking about maybe just cutting the plant early, you know, uh-huh. cutting our losses and, and bringing it in to dry it inside. But. I don't know. It's it's tense times over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know we're 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 here with you. So if if, if we you. can help, you know, let us know. Zeitgang also, if you have any uh, tips for yeah, Sean, please, obviously please. chime in because we know we have many a diverse skill set within the listening
0: community. And BC is like naturally a place that we would is very comfortable. Correct? Like that's a that's even before everything was legal and like you could have massive growing operations like that was the place that people grew a lot of weed, right?
2: Yeah, even before it was legal, my my recollection is that it was a seven billion dollar shadow industry pre-legalization just in B.C. Wow. Yeah,
1: Yeah. because I remember like even when the first like medical dispensaries were opening up here in like the late 90s and early 2000s. Like BC buds would come down and I'd be like, yo, got, they got some BC buds in. And that,
0: you know, that had that was, stature that was big. in the
1: community for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the best stories that you can find about like people being innovative is like how people get drugs across the border. And I feel like there <laughs> mm-hmm. were some good ones about people like floating it across in balloons from mm-hmm. British Columbia and maybe a catapult here and there. I think the catapult was the uh, U.S.-Mexico border. I,
2: I remember the catapult. They're, they're, my favorite one at the, at the BC-US border was these folks built a tunnel. Mm. And so they dug out a whole tunnel. They put in like little trolley tracks and everything and they put fluorescent lighting in. But then the feds knew about it, I guess, from the beginning <laughs> and just watched them do it. And then the first guy that rolled that first cart down with like fluorescent lighting, like a grocery store and everything, they were just waiting for him on the other end and they busted them. Oh, uh, man.
0: Fucking. No well, need
2: anymore. The worst. Do you yeah. think
1: like the, yeah, the people that busted him, they're like, they're trying to figure out like the best bit to shock the guy with. Like when they come like, <laughs> dude, he's not, what do we do? Let's dress we're, as like
0: clowns.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we throw a surprise party. We do like
0: surprise.
1: Yeah. And then you're like, you're under arrest for trafficking.
2: They hired oh, the team sucks. from Practical Jokers. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, agent, yeah, put your earwig in so we can feed you some lines from the control room. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. The trolley. The the indoor trolley. I, few people know that that was what Mr. Rogers was doing, is smuggling weed on his little indoor trolley system. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what was that little town called?
0: Imagination Land or something. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He was trafficking. King Friday's Realm. That, huh? Oh, yeah, <laughs> man. you. You see that shit. You see those people. They're right. fucking baked, man. <laughs> uh, what is something? Uh, what is something that you think
2: is overrated, Sean? The banjolele, which is well, a banjo and a ukulele, it's a musical instrument that oh. should not exist. And my downstairs neighbor is dating a a white man with an asymmetrical haircut who's been. Teaching himself how to play banjolele in my yard for five months.
1: Oh God,
2: what? I'm I'm painting a very specific picture of my home life here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, weed, yeah. Weed plant problems and this dang banjolele.
1: <laughs> and he's not getting better. It's like yeah. I want to say, give up. You're not progressing at a rate that would make you feel good about this.
2: Yeah, that's the key part. He's learning. He's learning, not like. The instrument sounds terrible regardless. Even if I think you had mastered it, I would still hate it. But he's been teaching himself it by playing and singing like Weezer covers. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I'm baffled by his confidence because I have so much anxiety. Like I feel like I can't buy milk without thinking that I've somehow offended the grocery clerk. And for him to just come into my yard and think that, you know, he could do this and no one would have issue with uh, this terrible banjo-laley music. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand his confidence. In fact, I want to learn from it or something.
1: Right, yeah. right. I mean, I think a lot of people, there's always like that tweet. It's like, I wish I had the confidence of blah, blah, blah. It's like, we should all aspire to have the confidence of a white man with an asymmetrical haircut learning banjo at the Banjo-laley. The, the of his outdoors. <laughs>
2: outdoors. outdoors. Yeah. Right. yeah, outdoors. I wow. used to be.
1: I, like when I was when I was a kid I played trumpet for most of my life and when I would when I would practice I I'm this like I just like I don't want to sound bad I would like go to like the most remote remote place of like my house to try and like practice in silence I would even use a mute sometimes so for someone to just be like yeah it's due to my driveway just blasting this shit <laughs> I'm like wow that's there's something to be learned there though
2: yeah confidence wow. There that you go That
1: sound though like what do you what like it feels like what are you gonna do like a tropical you know ukulele obviously evokes hawaii uh the pacific islands you know things like that but then the banjo is very much feels like southern american and then together like what the fuck is that did like yeah. i'm is does it sound any like when you hear it you're like oh that's an interesting sound or it just sounds like any other stringed instrument
2: it sounds racist <laughs> does that make sense Uh, oh yeah more banjo than ukulele (laughs) right and I feel like the banjo has definitely appropriated the ukulele like it's more banjo than ukulele it's just I think the the banjo just wanted the lele for the cred or something the cultural cred
1: yeah, right. or the you know place to for other people to vacation and uh, and also yeah, right kidnapped the ukulele's queen in order to annex the <laughs> uh, banjo <laughs> structure. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah.
2: intermarried, full forced intermarriage.
0: Yeah. yeah, they yeah they have the racism covered from both the like cultural appropriation angle and the just straight up deliverance style like uncut proud racism of the banjo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and if uh, yeah, I would love to hear a sick banjo solo, but in <laughs> right. my mind, like I don't, I don't. And also, when I hear Weezer, I'm like, what are they? What song is it? Like, say it ain't so or something.
2: Yeah, there's pretty yeah several. Or oh, my that's...
1: name is Jonas on banjo <laughs> That's a lot of picking.
0: I'm picturing the your downstairs neighbor as the apartment. From eternal sunshine of the spotless mind for some reason. Like that, I can't not can't like where Jim Carrey lives? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that that the cool vibes vibe. In yeah, the vibes. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated, Sean? Boiled eggs, guys.
1: Oh fuck yeah.
2: Boiled I had eggs. two for breakfast. You don't need to fry them. You don't need to, to devil them. You just need some hot water. And maybe a bit of salt, some chili sauce or something. Yeah. Wow. Just I got nothing else. Just boiled eggs. Just really yeah. about
0: that, Jack. You're like wow. how are you uh, how are you applying it? Just on the on the smooth outside. The the chili sauce, I mean. You take I'll a bite, co- you fill the, the hole. What do you do? I'll,
2: I'll I'll slice it right down the middle. Oh, I'll dissect
0: mm-hmm. it. Okay.
1: Wow.
2: And then I'll put some, yeah, some chili in there. Maybe a, a thin slice of onion. Ooh. Oh shit. Wow. And then you got a little some bit kick. of effort
1: going into that. I yeah. Like that. Yeah. And you never go the... soft boiled.
2: Yeah. Only if I'm in rush. So it's more out of necessity.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I like a lot of soft boiled eggs and I, I'm kind of on a similar diet as you. I, I, I usually eat like two boiled eggs, two soft boiled eggs in the morning. Okay. With a little bit of Kewpie mayonnaise, Japanese mayonnaise mm-hmm. and a little, little bit of a teardrop of soy sauce.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, That's how I get down.
2: Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try this tomorrow.
0: Yeah. (laughs) How are you guys transport? Do you transport in, in shell or do you transport like you crack it and then
2: put it? Here's the thing. I think we're people, I I, I feel like I I agree that the boiled egg is stinky. So I don't want to force that on other people necessarily. So I just try to eat it almost like a vitamin like I like that I can boil it and I can eat it so quickly and that's my breakfast.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's and I that's what I do. I take a small bite off the top and create a chasm and then mm. I I get my little mayonnaise and soy sauce in there. Then I eat the rest the rest of the fucking egg in one bite.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. God, mayonnaise it's easier and that soy way. sauce. It really is so good. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about some news. And we're back. Strikes are in the air. We got an instacart worker strike starting on October sixteenth. They're specifically the shoppers who go on strike because yeah, it's it's bullshit. They've been treated just horribly they They have added billions and billions of dollars of valuation to the company's bottom line. And the company has rewarded them by treating them like
1: shit. Yeah. It's the old gig worker recipe, which is make them independent contractors. So you owe them nothing. Right. And in this situation, you know, conditions have been pretty, uh, the conditions are awful across the board for people that are doing gig work because of the fact that no one is treated as an employee. It's all this independent contractor nonsense. And You know, there is for Instacart shoppers, they're dealing with low tips, like where they started to bring down like the minimum that like would first sort of default to in the app, as well as like a rating system that's super fucked up and severe. Where like if you came, if you dropped off an order and someone gave you a one star review mostly because for things like out of their control, like supply chains are fucked up. So yeah, maybe the thing the customer asked for wasn't in their order. And they hit a one star review, like sort of in a retaliatory way, that would prevent shoppers from like losing out on more lucrative trips, less work in general. So they have just some simple demands to try and make this just resemble some kind of humane work. They have five demands, which are uh, they just want base pay for each order instead of the system they have now, which pays workers as low as $7 for like, they'll batch up to three orders at once. And then you're making $7. That's nonsense. They want to return to commission, a commission based pay model, where previously it would pay shoppers 40 cents per item shopped. They also want the 10% default tip to be reinstated right now it's at 5% they also sadly are asking for occupational death benefits for workers who die on the job because that is something that has happened uh as well as you know to alter the rating system that doesn't punish them for things like the supply chain being fucked up because of a fucking pandemic and customers taking it out on the rating system and yeah there was just like there've been more attacks on gig workers during the pandemic and then there was a, un- sadly that Instacart shopper was murdered in March in Colorado while a fucking working for Instacart and that's, that's why they're like this is this isn't just like like I think a lot of people especially the way people tip or way workers describe it they just think people are just fucking around getting their groceries and dropping it off and like well they don't need a tip like that's an easy job but honestly this is sadly they rely very heavily on tips because Instacart doesn't do the minimum
0: so for listeners they should go to their phone right now and delete Instacart as an app, is that basically the the way that we can kind of stand in solidarity with... Or just with don't use workers? it. I
1: mean, I think customers are just boycotting as well in solidarity beginning the 16th when they strike. Word. Because, you know, like like you are saying, Instacart's value, I think, nearly doubled in the pandemic to $39 billion is what they're worth. And, as you know, as the pandemic, like, went on and we prematurely began to reopen things the demand for grocery delivery has also shrunk. So they're like, I think in a position where they're trying to cut corners too to kind of keep their revenues looking pretty. But it's just a, you know, another predictable tale of gig worker apps treating people like independent contractors to the point where the only choice is to like have to take collective action like this.
2: Any job that comes with the caveat, if you're working and you die, we don't owe you anything. That's a job that needs a union. That's like, right. yeah, that's very, very clear. That part is is really shocking. Like, I would rather, I would rather go to a job interview and ask them, like, hey, what happens if I die? And I would rather <laughs> hear that they're unprepared for that. Like, I'd right. rather they be like, oh, I don't know, we've never considered that, as opposed to them being like, yeah, that happens a lot. And, right, uh, we, Funny have and <laughs> yeah. huh. Fuck, we have meeting. Just came up. Yeah. We have a policy. And uh, it doesn't include you. So right. that's that's insane at a, at a bare minimum that like that seems like that should be illegal. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, I think and this is why companies like this, they're constantly lobbying legislators to, you know, write guidelines that are favorable to this kind of oppressive work. And, you know, they right now there was even talks of like Instacart and DoorDash and Uber to potentially merge into one just N- Three headed Hydra of terrible, terrible subsubsistence wage work.
0: Yeah, I feel like they're too much like little mom and pop companies. That we need them to be more like just giant autonomous automatons that <laughs> <laughs> churn right. through human lives. Yeah, and by the way, the thirty nine billion dollar valuation is, is it should be clear, like based on the fact that they're able to at least like to a large degree that they're able to treat employees like shit. Like that is the unfortunate truth of the right. current version of, you know, late capitalism is like, well, if you can, if you can, you know, lower the amount that the overhead on these dang employees, like your Ubers, you can really crush it out there.
1: Right. Well, cause like, yeah, you'd think like the benevolent version of an app like this is like, yeah, man, like you keep, like, we just need a small fee for us to connect you with someone for you to do the job. And then, like, whatever that costs, like, you take all that. We merely just set this up, like, for the infrastructure for people to make money by get- offering people rides or doing shopping for them. When now it's like, yeah, dude, you're not getting a fucking, you're not even getting close to what you're owed on on the actual labor that you're putting into this thing. Yeah. So, it's, I don't see that formula changing anymore.
2: The the rating system too. I'm glad they're keying on that because that's brutal, and it also, you know, makes us as consumers see our complicit complicity in it too. Because yeah. it's like, I think the problem with those rating systems is that it's letting everyone be a boss, and like, because right. of the hierarchy of capitalism, we're all, you know, we've all been pissed off at our bosses, but it's letting everyone be like, you know, I I recently hired a new employee to. Bring me a sandwich in the next 20 minutes and I'm going to treat that person like shit. Right? I'm going
1: to scream at them for, you know, having they were late.
2: Yeah.
0: <sighs> yeah. And because there, it's a vast web of people mistreating each other like the if this is the one chance you get to have an employee who works for you and you've just been shit on by your boss like for five years like you know i feel like some people will use that as an opportunity to uh treat
2: those people like shit and, and i don't think it's it's like a coincidence to me it's it's designed right it's like there's so much hostility and frustration building up with some of these systems of power and i think things like this facilitate that hostility being directed in the wrong direction you know like mm let's have people send it at each other instead of in the direction it should be going. Yeah. Upward. And uh, like, I'm not a historian. This is, this is just based on me watching the Ridley Scott film, the gladiator. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I I think that the whole thumbs up, thumbs down thing came from uh, (laughs) walking Phoenix, like the Caesar guy, that Roman emperor. Yeah, And it was like, You know that's where he's like, should this gladiator be murdered publicly or not? Yes or no, thumbs up, (laughs) thumbs down. And I think it was clear to everyone who saw that Oscar, you know, worthy film, that uh, that's a a sort of kind of unaccountable form of power that should be checked, not kind of scaled up through innovative app technology and like distributed to everybody. Right. That's so. Effect.
0: So I had a I had a theory because. Gladiator was a 2000 film and we did a live show about the year 2000 and I had a theory worked out about Gladiator and why it like hit so hard with the 2000 with the audience in the year 2000 that we I didn't have time to get to. But just like this idea, I I feel like the audience was caught like identified with Joaquin Phoenix like they didn't want to, but that's who they realized they were. And then, like, Gladiator was the, you know, the people who are off, like, fighting wars that, like, they don't want to be a part of. But, like, there's never been, like, a more cowardly character, like, in movies. And, like, when you look at the structure of that movie, it really feels like it's, like, offering that character up as, like, someone we can project our anxieties of being, you know, like, America is way more nepotistic than it wants to admit Americans like will be at war without realizing it, you know, that all that sort of shit. And then like you you're able to be like, no, fuck that guy. He's bad. But yeah, the allowing us like an app that allows us all to be individual little commoduses is yeah. commodus, <laughs> uh Commodite. is yeah, is gonna be a billion dollar industry because we're all like, fuck yeah. Thumbs down right. off with the head. He my, my eggs were late, or whatever. Right. <laughs> oh, my... these aren't the eggs that have the blue and brown shells mixed together. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, also, uh, you know, it is the I said strikes are in the air because uh, Hollywood is facing its largest strike since World War II. Yeah, like the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, IOTSI, who represent. You know, they build the sets, they do all the the behind-the-scenes work. They are going to probably strike in the next couple days. And, you know, if you... Like, I I don't know what Hollywood's going to do. Like, is the next season of Stranger Things just going to be, like, a uh, Lars von Trier movie and, like, a black black box type thing? Like, because that's basically... What what you're dealing with? Everybody's just wearing burlap sacks and in a <laughs> in a black void because these are the people who build the fucking sets and make everything like make you able to suspend your disbelief.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, and it's the it, the theme is the same anywhere, right? Which is just like with Ayatsi, they're they're saying like. We're not trying to blow the fucking industry up. But when we keep banging our heads against the wall saying we would like, you know, a living wage for certain positions, like at the lowest rung of our union, that that is a living wage or, you know, like because new media and streaming stuff has also like created like all new kind of business quagmires for like contracts and things like that. There's just a lot of stuff, too, where they're like, what about like rest periods? Because if I'm doing consecutive like you know 18 hour days i i there has to be a a point where we can have a break not just because they have to make a schedule for production like in time to not go over budget and yeah i i'm really i honestly hope that the hollywood actually takes a second ever like a moment to reckon with itself because these are truly the fucking people who make everything fucking possible it's not just the it's not the people who we see on the fucking screen to get to that point is so that effort and labor of countless fucking people, and I've, and hopefully I think it just makes people more aware of like what what it takes to make these things because they don't just like pop up and it's a great time. Like there are really hard jobs in production that go unnoticed and are not being compensated fairly. Yeah,
2: I think the living wage is a great point because I, I think between this and the Instacart workers, it's probably a similar thing of. The designation of being told you're an essential worker rubbing up against the realization that you're not being paid a living wage. Like, Mm -hmm. how can I be essential to everyone and not be getting paid a wage that lets me live? Yeah, And I think that, you know, I saw that during the pandemic because a lot of up here in, in B.C., right, we have a pretty big film industry and a lot of COVID stuff got brought up here because you couldn't shoot down in L.A., it was getting brought up to uh, to Canada, and so there was a period where like teachers literally weren't at school teaching and you know shaping the minds of the future generation. But like I had friends who are still working on like sugar-free gum commercials, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so they're being told like, oh, "No, no, you're essential. We need this sugar-free gum commercial." Right. And if that's true, sure, tell me that's that's essential. But like, treat me right. Yeah. Right. Anything
0: new in, like, our version of, you know, market capitalism, like, so new media, these delivery apps that are, like, you know, building an industry from scratch, kind of. Like, those will all always, by default, just abuse the shit out of people until, like, somebody does this and, like, fights for the rights of people. That's just, like, how it seems like it has always worked in America and it would be awesome if we could break out of that cycle where it's like, you know.
1: Well, because, I mean, it's the same thing, right? You look at, like, how Instacart values, the value goes up and workers are still being like, oh, dude, we still have so many fucking problems and you guys are spending more money. It's the same thing with all these new shows that are coming out. like,
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Prestige TV is, like, it's fucking on the same level as film. And granted, is working on film and television, but, like, they're just seeing, like, these budgets are getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but you're able to kind of keep costs low by keeping the crew at this very like lower level without an ability to renegotiate things while we're watching things like
0: how much money is being spent on this right. fucking production. They're trying to treat like a Netflix series like it's a fucking funnier die short, right. that, yeah, you right. know, like it's just, yeah, it's bullshit. But they that seems to be the default shape that all you know, industries take when they're, when they first take form in America. And then like, then you have to like break through the media, like cone of silence and be like, no, this is really bad for a lot of people. Cause otherwise it'll just be like Instacart's valuation is fucking skyrocketing. Like that'll be the headline instead of, yeah, you know, what's actually well, happening to people. I mean,
1: people are naturally withholding their labor because no matter what, many people are realizing it it shouldn't working multiple jobs shouldn't be the norm like if we're Mm -hmm. in a system where we have to put our labor forward to survive then one job should be enough and the fact that it isn't is i think you know it's just creating a very organic version of people kind of advocating for themselves and it's popping up more and more And, and long may that last i hope that leads to a point where more people can really fully be on the same page To understand like, oh, yeah, like whether it's Instacart or IATSE or Uber or fucking writing for an online publication or whatever, like there are minimums that we deserve as human beings, uh, especially when we're in a system where our labor is being converted into massive wealth for people who aren't putting even a a close to the shred of work that the workers do.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it would be cool if somehow out of this there became. Some stronger solidarity or even like alliances between all these essential workers, because yeah. they've fallen across so many different sectors and industries. And yeah, it's been such a difficult period. But these were all the folks who were told, "No, you have to keep working." So mm-hmm. if when push comes to shove, I mean, worse than that, plague comes to death. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that these folks have to keep working, they they should uh, be able to like collectively organize, right.
0: All right. Let's talk briefly about another group of fat cats who have had it too good for too long. And I'm talking, of course, about the people who volunteer to be on school boards. Come on. <laughs> like, they, you know, they dedicate their time to help educate our children. And now they're going to complain that they've been subjected to being, you know, abused and treated like absolute shit by right wing <laughs> political activists. Come on. I've had enough. Where's the line? What's next?
1: You know, we've seen the scenes at these board meetings. They look, you just, you can't even, like, if you were, if you had it on mute there, you're like, oh my God, like, was there a network of sexual predators, like, just, like, running amok in this, like, school system? But no, they're like, they're teaching our kids critical race theory, which again, is for graduate students and law students. It's So complex, you couldn't even begin to fucking teach a child critical race theory, even with like the most uh, rudimentary graphs and pictures. But again, we've seen this, whether it was critical race theory or masks, you know, there were medical professionals who've had their tires slashed for merely like restating the obvious facts at a school board meeting around masks or vaccines. Teachers have been subjected to coordinated harassment campaigns for believing in teaching history. And, and we're also when we talked about earlier, extremists are trying to infiltrate the school boards themselves to try and alter the curriculum, like to whatever they see fit. So things are chaotic. And this group that the National School Boards Association, who like represent like 1000s of school board members, they're like asking the president to like, we need protection here. Like, This is they're they're actually effectively intimidating people into not doing what's right for children purely because of intimidation. And they really are asking that things that are including, quote, the classification of these heinous actions could be the equivalent to a form of domestic terrorism and hate crimes. And they're saying we just we need help all across the board, whether that's having the FBI, uh, Secret Service and like National Threat Assessment Center, like give them resources to understand like how to like do proper threat assessment or examine what they say quote examine appropriate enforceable actions against these crimes and acts of violence it it just seems like there are they, there's so many avenues for these people to harass them that they're just like this we're we're not equipped for this like we need someone to intervene i
2: yeah. think the most absurd part of it is that a lot of the people who are harassing these teachers From the right, seem to be the same people that proposed as a solution to mass shootings at schools that these teachers be given guns. (laughs) Yeah, right. And so, like, just for their own safety, I mean, the safety of these idiotic monsters, they should probably choose one of those things. Like, (laughs) either I'm going to keep harassing and antagonizing these teachers, or I want to arm them. But (laughs) for your own safety, maybe not both. Right. right? Yeah. uh, yeah, it's, I like
0: that. If they were just like, OK, we are going to go with your suggestion to arm the teachers, but only at PTA meetings. I mean, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And only at with PTA that energy. Energy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Temporary gun license. Yeah.
0: Right. Or they're just like or they're like,
1: yeah, well, we can do like, uh, you know, trial by combat, but right. like we'll just get like the mountain to represent the school boards. And yeah, throw, <laughs> throw whoever you want at them. Parents. How about you, Rick? With the flannel shirt tucked into your jeans. You want to fight the mountain over critical race theory? No? Okay. Next up, masks. Anybody else? No? Good. Don't want to get dry, ripped out by the mountain. But I think, you know, this is just kind of that thing where it's it's hard to know, like, how can you solve this problem? Because it just feels like this is just part of like the continuing convulsions of this like amorphous culture war that is existing. That if it's not critical race theory, it's going to be masks. And if it's not that, it's going to be trans kids. And if it's not that, it's going to be this other thing that, there's just there's always going to find they're always going to find a way to keep doing this. So I yeah. I, I don't under- I mean, I think maybe that's why they're asking, like, some kind of law enforcement part of this, because maybe jail might dissuade some of these parents that are just like so hopped up on their privilege that maybe it's not, you know, maybe it's not a thing that you can just slash someone's tires.
2: I mean, I think it's a bit of a snake eating its own tail thing, because I I think that the solution is how you educate kids like right, if you want right. adults that aren't idiotic and violent and hostile in these ignorant ways it's going to start in school and yeah that's i, I guess part of why this uh, battle is so important but it also i guess would require patience for some of those results to be seen like maybe we can hope that in in 30 years if things go well there won't be teachers trying to or parents trying to fight teachers right Right.
1: yeah Yeah. it's yeah i think and that's why i think conservatives see just as they see the same path there right it's like it's through the schools it's like steve bannon said it's through the school boards and they know that just there's been this like baseline of what american education is and they realize it's churning out more people who would probably not vote for republicans and they're just like fuck okay then like we need to like We need to start deprogramming people as swiftly as possible to try and get them on board with our more autocratic, you know, fascist way of looking at governance.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. All right. So Halloween is coming up. One of our favorite seasons here on Daily Zeitgeist, besides National Black Dog Day. You mm-hmm. know, it's up there with National Black Dog Day, Halloween for us. But, you know, every time Halloween comes around, there's usually going to be a dumb police warning, warning about Every something. fucking year. This year, it's potlaced Halloween candy that these, you know, these dang potheads are going to be handing out tricky THC-laced Halloween candy to your kids. And then just like, I don't know. Well, I don't know what they think the purpose of that is. But this is so the way this story is being manufactured is they raid somebody's house and find candy laced with THC because people love that shit because it's a lot of fun they look at the similarities between the candy and the like can Halloween candy and they're like ah they must be trying to they don't actually believe this this is just like they this is how they get people to be scared on the local news they're like this this is a great way to whip up a quick moral panic about the dangers of weed and it's the reason they made these candies in the size and shape and flavor of actual candies is is not just because it tastes good and is fun but it is because they want to uh, sneak one past children and poison them for yeah for some reason
1: that's that's all, you know stoners all they do is watch youtube videos of kids who are accidentally high and laugh their asses off because they're so sadistic And they're also so rich that they can afford to give a fucking $30 candy bar just at a time, just tossing them out to the local kids, the local youth, of course, of course.
2: I'm in my late 30s, and in my day, you know, people freaked out about there being razor blades in the Halloween candy. Right. And so... I'm sorry, but this seems like genuine progress to me. It's like, oh, you're trying to get me high. Like that's better than trying to slit my throat in, right. internally.
1: Right yeah. to slice up my esophagus with an errant razor blade.
0: There are, and this is a quote from a Washington Post article: There are no documented cases of kids being poisoned by marijuana-laced Halloween candy. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> And the one case where they have, like, a parent claiming that they ate some of their kids' Halloween candy and it was laced was two people who went to the emergency room and were like, were like ah, we ate some candy with meth on it and we... Like, we don't want to explain to you where we got it. So we're just going to say that it was in our kids' Halloween candy haul. Right. Basically seems to be the
2: seems to be the story there. That sounds like an incident where people just ate meth and then made up a lie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some meth probably got on that candy I ate. (laughs) You're like, we just eating loose meth just because you didn't have a stem and you're just trying to beam up real quick i don't know i don't look i'm not here to judge but sir this is bad i love the i love the fact that you're like there's no documented case of this ever fucking happening which in a way makes QAnon more realistic than this shit somehow <laughs> at least QAnon you know, like, has jeffrey epstein yeah like at least like i'm like yeah well you know like they're they are they're trying to tie these loose threads together I'm like there's not even a fucking thread out there to even clasp onto for this stupid fucking story that they love to rinse and reuse every year
2: that's that's a great comparison though because it sounds like it's you know news editors trying to you know capitalize on the the conspiracy theory uh, side of the algorithm by creating you know some new hot of the moment conspiracy theory Or, or they're just looking for an excuse to be able to uh pick through their kids' candy first and eat all the best stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. Despite this being like an annual news story that I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s thinking was like one of the main dangers to my livelihood, (laughs) was to my life, was, uh, you know, eating poisoned Halloween candy. There have been, since 1958... Uh, 200 cases of tampered Halloween treats in the U.S. and Canada, which there's about 41.1 million trick-or-treaters in just the U.S. every year. So that's 200 total. Since Um, 1958, right? Since 1958.
1: (laughs) Right. So since 1958, only 200 recorded incidents. Yeah. And then 41 million people a fucking year.
0: And of those 200 cases, experts couldn't find a single report of a child killed or seriously injured from a contaminated treat received during trick-or-treating. But meanwhile, like, you know, just just maybe keep your eyes on the road the, like during Halloween instead of worrying about this shit. Like, there's way more pedestrian accidents and shit because people are out on the street. Oh,
1: you're yeah. You're saying uh, of like a car, a car hitting somebody is the big, the actual threat on Halloween, not fucking,
0: you know, wavy candies. And the only thing, like, I do think it's fair for people like to be wary that they like get not give it out, like, because there there is now more weed candy than we've ever had, like, in our houses than before, but like. I think that's pretty standard, but yeah, just keep, make sure you keep it separate from any other candy and I'm sure you're going to be fine. Like, whoa, I, I don't What's know. What's the problem, so officer? Stupid. I keep
1: it separate. Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Why you, don't bum me out, man. Well, you know, I, 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 I'm sure by next year they'll find a new thing or maybe it'll just be this all over. Again. No, it'll be this every year yeah, until probably.
0: we're dead or weed is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Oof.
1: Well, yeah. But, you know, like, in a way, I'm like, I'm kind of proud of us, U.S. and Canada, that there's only been 200 incidents since 1958. Like, you'd you'd think with like how things have especially deteriorated in the United States as it relates to like like these like large scale violent events that like at the end of the day, you were like the Halloween, man, don't fuck with. Come on now. Don't. Yeah. Like, let's I don't have the energy for that. And that's just that's no one wants that burden.
2: And, and even in the language that was used to describe those 200 incidents, you said contaminated and there's no deaths. And so part of me thinks a bunch of that might just be like Sneeze an dong. expired Snickers. Yeah. Right. You got the runs or something like <laughs> right. that right. was yeah. contaminated. Yeah. Because
1: I'm sure. Yeah. Like, how do you. I mean, the energy that would go into contaminating a candy and like being the front, fo- like the face that like, you know, people. There's a way to figure out where the candy came from on some level. You know, it's not a totally like anonymous act because people are knocking on your door. And so be like, do I remember anyone weird? Yeah, there was that person just laughing just sadistically the whole time. And <laughs> right, had No right. costume on. And right before they gave us a the candy, they said, hold on one second. They'd close the door for a couple minutes, then open and be like, now it's ready. That person, <laughs> we may want to look into that
2: it's It's also such a weird level of distrust of just people because my understanding of of you know strangers who like to kill other strangers is they like to they like to see it like they like to you know get their hands dirty, and that is Have something that row. satisfies them but to to put all that work in and then just know that somewhere out there in the distance someone is suffering that doesn't really seem like if that's if that's really happening then we should be just as scared as the candy you buy at the grocery store because it would be just as easy to go and right. put a bunch of contaminated candy at the grocery store and have people eat that if that's what's getting your rocks off
0: come on don't give these freaks any ideas oh any. i'm sorry i'm so sorry. on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i i can't think of a worse or less satisfying prank <laughs> no.
1: And even like as a kid you're like you're not trying to fuck with someone's I don't know maybe cuz you grow up like like Halloween candy sanctified. <laughs> so even right. in, in like as you get older you're like no 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 come on like don't fuck around with that. That's not what you, if you're going to do anything like throw shit at someone's house like you right. know light a bag of shit on fire, TP, eggs, that stuff. That's a prank, not not violating the sacred trust of hollow Halloween candy distribution.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's sacred. tp but the tp has shit on it there you Uh, go jack he's back the eggs have been in your
1: ass (laughs) (laughs) you're like how do you keep them from cracking jack that's pretty impressive hey man (laughs) a lot of control man a lot of control a lot of meditating
0: yeah it's it's very dumb that there have been like i do think it's there are valid things to like with Tons of candy around the house. If you have weed gummies around the house like that, that's something that actually happened at a barbecue that we covered on this show because it's kind of funny to imagine. But like, I think a bunch of five year olds got their hands on their parents, Sour Patch Kids THC gummies and like had to go to the emergency room. So I guess not funny, but just kids are already so weird. So I I was just curious what that would look like. But it's all happening by accident. It's not. Right. Nobody is doing this on purpose. So, yes, beware. Don't leave your fucking weed gummies out and, like, next to your kid's fucking Halloween candy. Like yeah. Oh, that's Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, sure. Oh, you should see me, like, whenever I have, like, younger, like, a family over, so, like I act like the DEA is about to pull up. Yeah. I'm like, yo, they're going to have to do work to fucking right. find this shit. <laughs> because, yeah, like, you absolutely, like, you have to understand, you know, that you you have to respect the power and that in the wrong hands, it can do a lot of damage.
2: Not even just kids, like people in their 20s. My my wife, when she was younger, showed up at a house party hungry and proceeded to eat a bunch of pastries off a table that weren't <laughs> labeled. And it was like, so she downed like a whole dinner's worth of, of edible weed pastries. Oh and then... Gosh had such a severe panic attack that she had to go home and just sleep in a snowsuit to like sweat it out.
1: <laughs> I love that method of like, all right, got to put the full body snowsuit on oh, man. and yeah. just sweat this thing out. Ugh. Did it Are work we- though? Is that a, is that a good She technique? said it
2: worked like by the next day she felt like better. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. but you're But I agree with what you're saying. Break. It's like, there is a risk, but it's more like, at home and be careful it's not like be scared of people premeditated trying to right right
1: yeah well that's yeah i think that's the that's the thing that everyone wants to just sort of foster in everyone at the moment it's like be afraid of fucking every single person out there because you don't know who the fuck they are yes there's no way they could just be like you another human being who's trying their best to just survive in the world day to day
0: they are deep on the cops look at these sick fucks out here with nerve ropes full of drugs to get your kids fucked up man i am like i i will say this i will never act on it i'm very curious what my kids would be like stoned because they're already so like prone to uh like pothead thinking i'm just if anybody who was at that barbecue who saw those five-year-olds high yes open uh, up (laughs) yes sound
1: protective services open up
0: if anyone w- was at that uh, barbecue with those kids and saw how they were behaving, I'd, I w- I'm just curious, like what that what that looks like. Well, I um, think
1: it's funny because like the first time I smoked weed as a kid, I was like, "This is great! I feel like more like a kid right now. <laughs> <You> <laughs> right, like everything right. was goofier." <laughs> so yeah, it's, just, it's, it's slippery slope for sure. Yeah, not yeah. trying
2: to grow up. I'm just trying to be me. To the hell no. Nah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm just. I'm just trying to laugh
0: harder at this shit yeah. I'm watching. They bring them to the ER. They're like, our kids got really cool all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what to do. Dude, they're like
1: listening to <laughs> Serge Gainsbourg and stuff. It's like, I don't even know. It's like they're real hip and
0: shit. Yeah, but... My my five year old asked me how his bones move him once, and I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, and that you're like
1: that fucked you up. You're like, oh, yeah, man.
0: Shit. That was definitely a thought I have had while I was high. Yeah, and then immediately <laughs> forgotten. My bones were... Let's talk really quickly about Dog the oh, Bounty man. Hunter.
1: He's everywhere. Dwayne Chapman.
0: Yeah. So he, you know, as the Gabby Petito case continues to just spin around in the headlines because of missing white woman syndrome. Dog the bounty hunter was like, I'm I'm on this shit. He saw he started smelling some money. And so he has decided to enter the search for Gabby Petito's ex-boyfriend who was like with her when she died. And like it. He disappeared into like a national park, and you know, for to his credit, his investigation has already yielded a nine one one call from the boyfriend's family when Dog the Bounty Hunter showed up at their house.
1: Nine one one, what's your emergency? Um,
0: Dog the Bounty Hunter, like fucking,
1: won't leave me alone right now. Oh, fuck.
2: He's going full dark night. Like he's lived long enough to become the villain. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well. Then yeah. He was- he
1: was also doing that. She was doubling down back when he said he could use the N word. Like, he's like, yo, I got to invite to the cookout permanently. So, you know, I could say the N word. Cause I, wow. in 2007, that phone call leaked to him dropping the M bomb multiple times and not like in a I'm singing gold digger like lyrics out loud <laughs> type shit. He was like, he was hitting that hard R. And yeah. he, his, yo, this, at the time when I remember, I think it was Larry King. He was like, "Yeah, I'm friends with Snoop," and you know, he's like, "They say like, hey, what's up, my N?" And you know, I feel like because of that, you know, I can I can say it too. And he kept he came back around to talk about those fucking topics again in 2021. I was like, "Why are you still talking about this fool?" Like, yeah, you're lucky you got canceled before people before people didn't like knew how to cancel people because <laughs> he's like back in be like, "Hey, remember that." I'm here to say again, Eminem, I'm just like Eminem. And you're right. like, what? I'm like, I, okay. He's like, I have more black friends than Eminem. Oh, yeah. okay. There you go, sir.
2: Name dropping Snoop doesn't count because not just because having a black friend doesn't let you do that, but because that's the only other guy who has dog in his name. Like <laughs> him being like, no, I know Snoop dog. It's like, Well, no, that's not your black friend. That's your other friend whose name has dog. Yeah, y'all have dog solidarity. (laughs) Yeah. You know,
0: that's about it. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah, the New York
0: Times did like a lengthy profile on him, I think this year, about like how he's coping after the death of his wife. He had a pulmonary embolism thanks to testosterone supplements. And w- refused to stay in the hospital. He literally pushed an orderly up against a wall to escape and was only convinced to get medical help after an intervention from Dr. Oz. Oh, So, like, the the head professions on TV, like the TV doctor and the TV bounty hunter, are apparently, like, friends somewhere with, like, Judge Judy, probably, and... Like, it's like only him.
1: reinforcing like my childish idea of like how TV works. When I'm yeah. like, I bet, I bet, dog, the bounty hunter. I think Doctor Oz is all the celebrities' doctors, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but it seems like this is just him coming back and being like, I feel like I wasn't fully canceled before, and like it now would be a great time for me to just like formally, formally get canceled. Because he's also
1: like, I thought I had the pass for. Like, he said, "Quote, I thought I had a pass in the Black Tribe to use it." Kind of like Eminem.
0: Eminem like, doesn't
1: use it. Eminem doesn't use the N-word. And I know he has like years ago. There was like a track and a lot of people were like, what the fuck was that? But in his like professional career, that's not what Eminem does. So I don't know if again his idea is like, well, the white guy who raps, I bet right. he can say it. Right. I like, no, not I, I don't I don't think so, dog. And
2: yeah. if you think you have the past because black tribe anything you don't no like, yeah yeah <laughs> in the black i'm like what is this? Uh, what he he needs to chill out someone needs to sneak him some uh, some dirty halloween candy yeah, <laughs> yeah right absolutely and if he doesn't i feel like maybe the feds are going to go like suicide squad style and you know let the tiger king out of jail to go catch dog the bounty Bounty hunter (laughs) yeah right
1: it's a trap they they released the tiger king to get dog to draw in the bounty hunter
0: (laughs) apparently so I didn't realize that like his origin story but back in 2003 this guy Andrew Luster who is the heir to the max factor cosmetic fortune was arrested for drugging and raping three women and skipped out on his one million dollar bail was convicted in absentia and sentenced to 124 years in prison and dog was like this is this is this is how i make my career went and like just like spent his whole like like all the time he had hunting this guy down but like the way he like brought the guy in was wildly illegal like bounty hunters are illegal in mexico and he went down to mexico and just like grabbed him and like threw like kidnapped him essentially and then immediately got arrested for that. Like, it went, like, threw him in the back of an SUV, pulled out, and then the police pulled him over and were like, what the fuck are you doing, man? But of it, he still owes all sorts of fucking money for for that. So that, that seems to be why he's trying to get elbows way back into the uh, national spotlight. At this key moment when we're all super, you know, appreciative of cops... Who are racist and do things the you know via violence and toxicity? Like that's he he's his moment is here, I guess, is what he's thinking. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Again, he's still almost a million dollars in unpaid legal fees because of that. Yeah, that's so, a, wow. That's a fucking
2: from that first that first thing from his
1: illegal jaunt down to Puerto Vallarta to be an illegal bounty hunter. Right. But then when he did it, he was like, hey, it was if I got this guy in custody, it was worth me going to jail for a few days. Right.
2: Yeah. And then but, like, I mean, Kenny just in general,
0: he is, you know, he profits from a predatory prison funnel system that disproportionately yeah. affects the poor and people of color. Again, like you said, uses the N word freely and has repeatedly lobbied against bail reform, even recording a robocall warning people in California About a proposed bail reform bill, so I can't think of a less compelling
1: robocall you get and starts (laughs) off like, "Hey, it's Dog Dwayne Chapman, the bounty hunter." I'm like, just shut the. Okay, like if you're not selling dog food, I don't think I honestly would listen to you because I don't even get I don't even respect you as a bail bondsman bounty hunter. (laughs)
2: He definitely learned from that first incident because he was like, well, I may not have succeeded in being like an actual bounty hunter. But if this was just for the cameras, it right. looked good. <laughs> like yeah. and then that's the route he went down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just uh, I'll just keep that million dollar tab just hanging on the hook there and I'll I'll get to it eventually.
0: Yeah. yeah. More on that later. Yeah. Uh, Sean, such a pleasure having you. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff?
2: So you can uh, get my comedy album at my website, SeanDevlin.website. And you can follow me on Instagram at Shawnee with a Y, S-C-A-N-Y, dot Devlin, D-E-V-L-I-N.
0: And is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying?
2: There, I, I don't have Twitter, so I don't have a handle to share, but the comedian Eddie Pepitone is basically the only reason I venture into Twitter, because he's so funny. And he tweeted something last week that I loved, which was, this was his tweet, and he has lots of stuff like this. We are surrounded by death from a plague, but we are also surrounded by great bargains. Home, <laughs> Depot. <laughs> Home Depot has floorboards and tile machines with sound buttons all on sale this week. So come on out and buy before you die. <laughs> Home Depot, get your affairs in order. <laughs> it's fucking great. Get your yeah, affairs Eddie, in order. Eddie Puppetone is like nonstop tweeting out this amazing voiceover for the current moment. Yeah, That's just
1: amazing. dystopian nightmare. Oh.
0: Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying?
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at miles of gray and also the other podcast uh, 420 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra where we talk about the great 90 Day Fiance. A tweet I like is from Mark Snedeker at Mark Snedeker he did a quote tweet uh, from CNN where the CNN tweet says US government will run out of money by October 18th Treasury Secretary says and Mark replies unless we can put on the best talent show this town has (laughs) ever seen (laughs) (laughs) you
0: go that's great Uh,
1: i love when that was a solution to every problem
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's always worked for me i don't know yeah you know let's see uh sam salisbury tweeted shakespeare shit is so timeless because everybody's got that friend named polonius that hides behind your tapestries (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> uh, push push tweeted every single night I slip into the alley behind my block and release two gunshots into the sky to keep the rent in my neighborhood stable <laughs> and this is one that will probably it, Somebody, I, I just want somebody to answer this for me Kiefler at Kiefler elf tweeted gonna be honest with you guys I don't understand how the gas nozzle knows when to stop how the fuck does it know? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, hear like that, that thing too. being like, like,
1: but also I never trusted because I'm a compulsive topper offer. Oh, you really keep going. Oh yeah. I'm like, nah, we can, I'm like, I'm like fucking Giles Corey in the crucible is stacking more fucking stones on his chest. Like more weight. I'm yeah. like, yo, get more gas in that tank.
2: If you don't see the gas spilling out, was there ever any gas?
1: Thank you, right. Sean. There you go. <laughs> i do it till it gets on my shoes
0: yeah have you have you ever seen the gas like do the thing where it like kind of all comes out at once like it's like pff, like it leaks wait. out all at once like when you overfill the tank i can't i can't tell if i imagined this when i was a kid or if that's how cars used to like expel gas when they got over wait overdone. you have
1: like a vivid memory of like a <laughs> overfilled tank just like like a Orca's blowhole. Just being like-
0: <laughs> yeah. Just like all over the place.
1: <laughs> I mean, who knows the way cars were built back yeah. then. I mean, like every year we're like adding safety measures. We're like,
0: that wasn't there already. Yeah. Uh, it was like it it seemed like the, the car's water broke and gas just like came out from under <laughs> no. it. That might have just been the shitty car we had. And uh, then I went to live with my new family. <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist We're at the daily zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post Our episodes and our footnotes, Footnotes. we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we sending people to go check out?
1: So we're going to go out on uh, really like a guitarist that I'm really fucking digging. His name is Mansur Brown. He's from Brixton, uh, you know, London, and he plays a lot with like Yusuf Day's and you know uh that that whole sort of uh, new jazz scene out there from england that i'm just loving loving and this track is called mashita m-a-s-h-i-t-a because uh, it seems like all of his albums have japanese themes he has an album called like this is actually from the album called shiroi which means white in japanese and yeah his guitar playing is just like so groovy and his like the way he just picks those chords you just love to hear it and he's so effortless if you like the music, I really suggest you check out him playing live because he's just such a like expressive guitar player, uh, and just a great way to go into your in your weekend because it's nice and easy track of just some nice soothing guitar. So this is Mansur Brown with Mashta.
0: Awesome. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye.